Hello there. Hello there. Welcome back to another episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy, watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. I'm Eli. I'm Jacob. And today we are back with uh, episode 105 of Star Wars in a Galaxy. We um, are lucky enough this time also to be in person, just like last time. Today we are talking about the mid-season episodes of Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 2, uh, The Clone Conspiracy, and Truth and Consequences. Two episodes that I think we are both very excited to talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, I think we should just get into it. In Clone Conspiracy, um, we open on Coruscant uh, at the Clone Bar 79s, where two clone troopers, Kane and Slip, are talking about um, being at, on Kamino when they were given the order to destroy uh, where they were created, their home on Kamino. Um, and uh, Kane reveals to Slip that he contacted Admiral Rampart about this to come clean about it. Uh, obviously, Rampart has no such intentions of doing so, so he sends an assassin to uh, to kill Cade, which works. Slip escapes, um, uh, and then uh, comes into contact with uh, Senator Ryochuchi of Pantora, who has decided to take up the mantle and fight for clone rights now that this defense recruitment bill, which is supposed to create a new army for the Empire in light of the uh, destruction of the Kaminoan bases, um, rec recruited from conscripts, uh, but she wants uh, the Empire to consider the clones' needs, which they seem interested in doing on the surface, but really they have no intent of entertaining. Um, however, uh, so this uh, this assassin is still ch chasing Slip because he knows of um, what really happened on Kamino. Um, uh, so Slip goes to meet a contact. Chuchi follows him. Unfortunately, Slip dies in the attempt, uh, and uh, uh, Chuchi meets with her is his contact, Captain Rex, who she knew from many years ago when they uh, when they fought together on the moon of Ortu Plutoon Ortu Orto Plutonia. Dear God, um, Orto Plutonia. Um, uh, Rex reveals that there's a lot more going on than meets the eye, um, and they they manage to incapacitate the assassin. It was revealed to be another clone who's, who all traces of his identification have been completely wiped. Uh, he is classified by StarWars.com as Clone X. So, is it Sniper X? Clone X. Clone X. Okay. Clone X. Um, uh, and oh, then different. Clone X realizes he's cap captured and then activates the uh, electrocutor thingy from the Eris in his mouth um, to kill himself to stop any more um, information from being revealed. And that's where we end the clone conspiracy. Yes. And then we pick right up again. We pick right up again. Sorry. In Truth and Consequences, we open with the Bad Batch. They are contacted by Rex, says they have an urgent mission on Coruscant. So they travel aboard the Marauder. Uh, they travel aboard the Marauder in, in the Marauder to Coruscant, where they meet up with Rex and Ryo Chuchi, um, and they show them Clone X, saying that someone is out to get them and someone wants to silence this information from coming out. So Chuchi explains the situation to them with Rampart, um, and then Omega gets a tour of the Senate from Ryo Chuchi. They're walking around. They actually bump into a, they bump into Rampart again, doing whatever nefarious things he's doing they actually show omega the galactic senate chamber which is quite cool um 
so then um but they re they they're they're trying to find information to to stop the the bill from being passed they run in they run into um they run into bail organa and bail organa tells them that they um should talk to former Kaminoan senator Hallie Bertoni. So they go to talk to Hallie Bertoni, explaining explaining the situation to her, explaining that Rampart is lying to the Senate to push the bill and everything. However, Hallie Bertoni says, Rampart's just one cog in a machine. It's too late. My word means nothing. And she refuses to testify. So the batch decides to uh, infiltrate Rampart's Star Destroyer in order to obtain the mission logs from his Venator Star Destroyer, showing the orbital bombardment of Kamina, proving once and for all to the Senate. Well, she does actually testify, too. Oh, she does. She she refuses it first. Oh, she, she refuses it first. Yeah, she refuses it first. But then, of course, later she testifies. So as the Batch are doing that, um, the day of the vote arrives, the vote on the, mm -hmm. uh, the, the new conscription bill, and... They um they infiltrate the uh the star destroyer. However, once they're aboard, they do trigger a power surge and do have to make a make a hasty exit by the skin of their teeth. However, they do have the mission logs. They return to the Senate chambers where the vote is about to take place, where um Holly Bertoni has actually now she turned tail and actually did agree to testify. She did a 180 and Rayo Chuchi and Admiral Rampart are debating the merits of the bill. Just as they're about to vote on the bill, in comes the Bad Batch. They give Bail Organa the evidence, and for the whole Senate to see, the whole Senate sees the hologram recording of a fleet of Venator Star Destroyers um, bombarding Topoka City to pieces. Um, however, just at that moment, Palpatine. Palpatine comes in. Good old Palpatine with Masameta. And Palpatine basically flips the whole situation on its head and basically says um, that he arrests or Ma Masameta, rather. Ma Masameta has Masameta has Rampart arrested and Palpatine gives this whole speech saying, thank you for, thank you, Senator, for exposing a rogue element within our midst. We couldn't have done this without you. This is so dangerous. I'm so worried that these clones followed orders so unquestioningly. That's so concerning. We totally need this new defense bill to have conscripted soldiers. And then he basically stamps, he basically gives the bill his stamp of approval, which with his popularity pretty much guarantees its passing. And the batch is sent home wondering where they all went wrong. Echo actually decides to stay behind from the Marauder and go with Captain Rex at the end of the episode, despite Omega's, despite her, lament her lamentations, her, her protesting, he says, I have to go where I'm needed most. And right now, that's with Rex to find and help other clones. Pulls us at me. Yeah, um, he pulls us at me. Very much, but, but yeah, that's this episode, that's this two-part episode. Um, let's get into this. We decided to do two this time, just because um, this is a good arc of two, and then the next I believe I forget how we did it for the next one because I know after this, uh, the crossing, and then the uh, in the next episode after that are are two. Um, I don't know. Let's let's see how we did that. I I want to know what that um. Let's see, uh, what that is called anyway. 
Oh, so yeah, the crossing and retrieval, we did we're also doing a two for, and then we're doing metamorphosis outpost and pavu, and then we're doing uh tipping point and then the two-part finale in the same episode. Yeah, that that seems about right. Um yeah, uh, but we, we thought we'd do these two because it's these are such juicy episodes and I and we are I'm I'm so excited to get into these. If you listen to um I'll just give a big spoiler right here. If you listen to our appearance on Father Son Galaxy and my appearance on the Nerd Academy podcast, go check both of those out. Um, there were great times. We had great times on both of them. I said multiple times these two were my favorite episodes of the season. Um, and I will say that these are two of my favorite episodes. These are my two favorite episodes of the show, period, right now. Um, and yeah, excited to get into it. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. These episodes, both these episodes are phenomenal. And I I was watching these yesterday, and I, I was watching the Clone Conspiracy, and then I I went, man, that's got to be my favorite. There's no way Truth and Consequences is going to be as be good there. as this. It's no way it could possibly be as fun as this. And lo and behold, it was. And I I can't I can't decide. I they're both so good. I can't decide Spoiler. which one's my favorite. I think. Clone Conspiracy edges out Truth and Consequences for a few reasons, just slightly for me, but that's no slight Truth and Consequences because it's it's really great and both of them have their role to play. But um, first, we got to talk about this. We got we we got to talk about the fact that we are living in the golden age of Coruscant. We are, and I don't so much in, Coruscant. And I don't mean in universe. I mean out of universe. I mean we are getting it. We've now gotten it in three Star Wars projects that, that have come out this year already. That is true. Um, it was um, Survivor. Survivor obviously begins on Coruscant. Bad Batch has these episodes on Coruscant. Or I guess we already got it on um, the Solitary Clone, but still. Um, and then Mandalorian. Season oh, yeah. three goes to Coruscant. So we're getting a Coruscant renaissance, and I'm all here for it. I love seeing it. You know, We're seeing it in very different points of time. This is at the very beginning of the Dark Times. Um, Survivor is mid-Dark Times, and then Mandalorian is obviously um, in the heyday of the New Republic. So we're seeing three very, very different looks at Coruscant. Uh, and I really like this look at Coruscant, um, especially because it doesn't look that different than TCW. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is very early it's, in, it's in very the Empire. Early. They haven't had a chance to really put their mark on it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a far cry even for, from what we'll see in survivor yeah um with this stuff because you, you, again survivor um and and or i guess um we yeah. just got last year and it and it takes place um a few years after survivor um and we see coruscant there uh my point is that we're seeing coruscant a lot and my 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 larger point really is that that this era of coruscant is really interesting because we saw it a lot in the in the clone wars but um now we're seeing it now and it's interesting what's different and what's the same i like that we get back to 79s 79s is cool um we had we saw it literally once in the clone wars it's our second appearance of 79s ever um uh fives goes into it in the season six arc um orders is the episode um and i like that we see it again uh clone bar interesting idea um we've gotten we, we've gotten a bunch of bars in star wars recently we got the oh, yeah. phone bar in in uh in bad batch and then we got the droid bar in mandalorian um, bar wars 
what bar wars bar wars baby um yeah uh and then like we just saw the trailer for outlaws just recently released and that starts in a bar um we got a lot of bars in star wars lately um nothing 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 better than an old um cantina uh but yeah you want to get into uh what do you want to get to first i mean speaking of the clone bar i think it's kind of a cool it's a cool addition to this episode and it's a it's a fun it's a fun concept and a and a setting for them to play with because symbolically this is where the clones can come to you know be themselves this is where they go for for leisure you know for themselves this is probably the one place most of these clones at least the one stationed on Coruscant maybe others this is probably like a, a clone bar is probably the one place clones go where they can just they just relax and they're they're there for themselves they're there to have fun they're there to live they're not there to be soldiers. And so I think symbolically, that is interesting that we see Slip and what's Slip's buddy's name? Cade. Sorry, yeah. We see Slip and Cade, you know, kind of fomenting their ideas and the other clones getting all riled up here. Similarly, this is where five, this is where fives goes when he's when he's desperate and he's being chased. Um I, I don't know. I, I find that kind of I find that kind of cool. I think that's that's just worth pointing out. But yeah, where where do you want to start here? Because there's a there's a lot to tackle. These are some juicy episodes. Yeah, you're right. Um, one of the things, and we've talked about we talked about this in our uh, the first episode of the season. We're talking about the two the the um the two part premiere. Um, but this is one of the this is another one of those um concepts that seems obvious now that I think about it, but I never really thought about before the Bad Batch brought it up, which is that, and I love this, I love that this is an oversight by the Empire, that you can't just ask clones to bombard their homes on Kamino and not expect anything to happen with any of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's really not how they work. Um, they are not droids. You tried to turn them into droids and did succeed for a few seconds, but, um, you know, uh, you've, it's not, obviously we're seeing more and more clones have been questioning the order of blah, 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 as Cody says. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested in, um, but of course we have, uh, Caden Slip here. Camino was a home and we destroyed it. All those cities, all those people gone because of what we did. Because of what we did. Um, one of the things I think that works most in this art for me is that it is it is tackling one of the big questions in the Bad Batch's arc in the show. But instead of doing it just for the Bad Batch, it's doing it for the entire clone army. They were created for literally one purpose, to fight for the Republic and, I guess, yeah. the Empire in its early days. But they're being phased out. And they have to deal with scenarios that they had never thought about. They, there's that conversation in the clone bar um, later in this episode um, where Chuchi's meeting with them. And, and one of the clones literally says, we were trained never to think about anything other than the war. Yeah. Um, and that's obvious that that's obvious in seeing their reactions to things that they want to go still go out fighting but 
they even though they were created for one purpose they're still people yeah and they um you know going back to um one of my favorite episodes of star wars television because i think this connects a lot back to the third uh, here we go, me bringing the deserter again. But seriously, no, the deserter was a very prescient episode. It's only gotten better with time. What makes the decision to leave the Republic? Yeah. Cut did what clones were literally trained not to do. Um, like the like deserting wasn't like it wasn't just not an option. It was like like it wasn't a word of their vocabulary, I'm sure. Um, until you know, um Rex manages to dig that out. Um but you know now the clones are forced they're they're, they're not like they, they don't have they don't sit aside and think to themselves they are forced to think about it they are literally dragged in front of what are you going to do when you're no longer the soldier that you were literally built for um yeah and it, i mean the clones it's interesting that you know going i mean go, to go back to the to the deserter cut is very unusual in that he wants to walk away from the fight you know even even as it's clear what's happening i mean maybe it's not so clear you know to the average clone just as it might not be so clear to the average imperial citizen here's something else that's fun about this um we get we get um two uh returning senators from uh two from star wars media um, that we knew of from other, again from other pieces of Star Wars media um, back here. The first one I want to uh, pull up is Senator Tim Tinra Pamlo of Terrace, who of course made her first appearance at Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Oh, really? Wow! Um, and uh, she is voiced in this by the same actress who played her, Sharon Benton Brewster. Nice. Um, I remember just like to I remember um, seeing her. I'm like, oh my god, they brought Pamlo into um, animation. That's really cool. Um, and then, of course, and, and, and Bale, but, like, Bale is just kind of a mainstay, not just like a, oh, yeah, it, it, he's not like an Easter egg, he's Bale Organa, you know, um, but the one I wanted to talk about, and the senator who's really, of course, key to these two, Senator Chuchi returns, Senator Ryo Chuchi of Pantora returns, Yes, it's been, I believe, let's see when Sphere of Influence was. It's been a while since we've discussed the Chuchster. Sphere of Influence was 2010, so it's been 13 years since we've Really? Seen that's her only appearance since then? It's her latest appearance. There, um, there are, uh, she has two appearances, but one was in season one, one was in th season three. The season three one was 13 years ago. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Season three of the clone, 13 years ago. 13 years ago. So, um. I feel. Yep. Uh, so. I feel old. So, somehow. so, so, uh. So first, um, we see a Ryochuchi, Jennifer Hale's back as Ryochuchi after 13 years. Um, uh, Jennifer Hale's back as Ryochuchi after 13 years. Um, and I love that she's been this advocate for the clones. I, I think that's an interesting thing. And I, I like the, like, like, just like the idea of clone rights is unfortunately reminding me of a lot of political struggles we're facing in the United States today, where where you know there's a lot of emphasis unfortunately um from chuchi of on the clones being treated like the people they are yeah um unfortunately something that we're seeing with 
a lot of people, whether it is black people, whether it is LGBTQ people, whether it is um, disabled people, whatever it may be. Um, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think the clones as soldiers, their their existence and their function and their future obviously gets turned into this huge political battleground and this kind of hugely important tipping point for the for the empire and the rebellion and for the the infant rebellion, you know, and, and the the remainders of the republic, you know, and all that. So it is interesting that we have Chuchi kind of coming in, like you said, saying, what about the clones as people? What I'm I'm kind of wondering is why Chuchi? Or why what what caused her all of a sudden to come on a come in on a clone kick, you know? Because I think that I, I, well, I think that, that Chuchi has proven from the sphere of influence days and all that kind of stuff that she is, at least in, in Star Wars, I assume. And again, we don't know how exactly the political spectrum works in Star Wars, but she seems like a very liberal senator, along with people like Mon, like Bale, like um Padme, like um You know she is very, I guess for luck. La- for lack, it is Star Wars, but for lack of a better word, she is very, you know, human rights oriented. You know, remember from, from Trespass and yeah, she was those the one episodes. That, she, like she, she she stood up for the Tulls. Yeah. Um. Uh. I think that I don't know this, but um, it makes sense with the fact that that they got rid of Chairman Cho. Um. Well, obviously they didn't get rid of him. I mean, they yeah. got rid of him and then he died. Um. But Papa Noida. Um, who came in after seems very much in line with where Chuchi standed on things, uh, and I'm not saying that Chuchi had everything to do with that. I think that 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 it was a democratic election. I think she just probably had a lot of sway. You know what I mean? I think to, that that it makes sense that 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 because Chuchi was so new, but like she was um, in the power vacuum of like the chairmanship, that she was. Who the Pantorans look to, that they ended up choosing someone with very similar views as her. Yeah. Um, and I and I think that like, you know, it, it's interesting to see um, when they're having the debate on the floor, um, specifically um, when Bale said, "I don't remember this." Uh, when the he was like, "When the Clone Army was commissioned by then Chancellor Palpatine." Yeah, <laughs> and you can hear he's trying so very hard, and he, I think he's doing a really great job of it, of hiding the utter disgust in his voice. Yeah, goes a great, great voice acting. Yeah, Phil Omar, go. Yeah. Um. Uh. But the, yeah, that the and it's interesting to me because like, it, it's interesting to to think about the psychology of anti-imperial senators. Yeah. In the early days of the empire, because you know it's. You have to play, you see Mon as the center friendship for Chandrilla in Andor. Um, you know, they're watching me. Everything yeah. I say and do is monitored. She has to play the very political game very carefully, smile, that whole scene with Tay at the dinner party, all of that stuff, you know, um, and 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 stuff with Mon and Bale in Rebels, where they have and even Bale in um Obi-Wan Kenobi. Where he has to be very careful tiptoeing around things. And I'm not saying that things aren't like that for them now. I think things are a little less right um like that for them now, just because 
the empire isn't at its full strength yet. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, we, we even hear, I can't remember who says it, but they, someone says, yeah, Palpatine is scared. Like, and clearly yeah. the empire is still in its infancy. It's in a fragile position. Palpatine needs to fully consolidate power. Palpatine has not, obviously that it takes him 20 years to fully dissolve the Senate, but this is when yeah. the Senate is still a very, very pow a powerful yeah. influential it's not like body. we're looking at it's not like we're looking at even andor when yeah. we're where we see um um andor mon is speaking to a mostly empty chamber leia princess of alderaan says the senate only meets one to two times a year at that time yeah well by the time andor happens palpatine like obviously the senate is just like a figurehead it doesn't do anything but at this point palpatine still needs the approval of the senate i think he's I, I think to do what he needs to do i think he's trying to make it a figure like it's yeah, yeah he's, he's trying to less he's obviously he's trying to defang the senate he's yeah, trying to sideline the senate understands and as a political mastermind uh, as the political mastermind is does understand oh yeah absolutely that he can't just dissolve it in a minute yes yes that's what i'm saying like it's a gradual it's a gradual process and part of that process is him basically getting the senate wrapped around his finger yeah no it's just... it's interesting and and very much um in this episode it's i like the fact that um i like the fact uh in this episode that um you know if we're flashing ahead to truth and consequences when he says i strongly recommend that the senate does this yeah the Senate does it. I mean, we don't know that the Senate does it. We don't hear that specifically, but it's implied. I mean, the uh, Senate does it. I mean, clearly at this point, Palpatine is so popular. I guess because of everything that's happened, he is very, very popular. I, I mean, he is the emperor. You know? Yeah, and he's the emperor at this point. Like people who don't agree with him should, even at this point, should fear for their safety. Yeah, and I mean, but he rode, he rode into the emperorship that he created on a massive wave. Of popularity you know this is how liberty dies with thunder supplies so yeah. i mean obviously him yes but i think that like even like comparing this to tcw like yeah. could he turn the tide of a bill in tcw yes would it have been in, oh, as overwhelming as this not as overwhelming. i'm not so sure i yeah, don't not, think so i mean i mean i think the whole assassination the whole point of the that the whole point of revenge of the sith is kind of he was he he gave himself a lot of popularity by twisting what happened and creating the narrative that he did for the public and the senate to see but to go back to um to Ryo Chuchi, I, th I find it it cool to have her talking about the clones because I think I would say this the fact that it's so surprising to this it really adds to the story of the clones i think because as an audience member i think it's kind of it's pretty surprising to hear a non-clone speak so bluntly and so plainly as being very very concerned with the rights and the fate of all the clone troopers and i think that kind of at least to me that kind of suddenly underscored like whoa this is the the situation of the clones, which we kind of knew all along. But to have that contrast kind of makes you make made me think back to all the moments in the Clone Wars and earlier in the Bad Batch, where the clones are concerned, where the fate of the clones are concerned, where they're not even seen as human, 
by even even people who are are considered like the good like even like a good republic senators you know people who characters who are who are heroic you know characters like even bail you know he he kind of he's not even going he's not even concerned to the extent or at least he's not out he's at least he's not outspoken about it so it's 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 definitely a breath of fresh air and stirring the pot to have someone be so outspoken about it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think the only reason Bale's not so outspoken about it, or at least yeah. as we've seen, is because this cracks for him. Yeah, maybe he has bigger, he thinks he has bigger fish to fry. Yeah, I think he thinks he has bigger fish to fry, and I think this is the, one of the things I love is, and we see this in this in this arc, is that I feel like this is, um, you know that, um, uh, you know that line um, when um, when Jin finally agrees to join the rebels on the mission to Scarif and Rogue One, and Cassian goes, "Welcome to the rebellion." Yeah, I feel like that moment that this arc is leading up to that moment for Chuchi. Mm-hmm. I feel like she is still under the impression, as Padme was in TCW, she's an institutionalist. So. She is still under the impression that even the Empire can be made better and she can still work within it yeah to do that kind of like kind of a little bit like mon and andor um a little bit but i think even more so and i think this episode is her realizing that no this system is rigged exactly how the empire wants it to be and just because she thinks she's doing something doesn't mean she actually is doing anything no yeah totally totally. um and and i think that that's a lesson for her here, and I think yeah, and 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 there's and there and there's even a line where Bale kind of says as much, where it's like, um, I, I forget exactly. Oh yeah, the issue of clone rights is part of a much bigger picture. Yeah. These insurgencies have, that have arisen, their numbers are growing, and the emperor is afraid. If systems begin to revolt as as they did with the Republic, that will threaten his new empire. Yeah, that's the quote I was I was trying to I was trying to tell you about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry about that. Anyway, no, no, no. Um, yeah, but, I, I, I wasn't. That wasn't a. Yeah. No. No. I. I, I get it. That but, wasn't but, a call out. That was but, a good thing. But yeah. No. But the, the the thing is, I think you know, Bale obviously realized. I think because Bale, and I'm not saying that he only yeah. realized that because he was sitting next to Padme at this moment. But I think um, Padme, you know, was telling him standing right next to Bale when she said, "So the celebrity dies with thunderous applause." Yeah. Um, and I think Bale was not so naive i think he's he's as altruistic yeah. as padme or somebody yeah. like padme ramon is but i don't think he was ever as naive um as at least padme was in the beginning or as i think ryo is now i think ryo still is quite a bit of a new pa- center i think ryo is much more i guess maybe maybe we'd say naive or um than than padme ever was i don't think padme was that way i think padme I- we look at Padme's actions, you know, certainly she makes, she makes missteps here and there. I think and the beginning of the Clone Wars might have been that naive, but she, I think... She makes some miscalculations, but she's not, I don't know, I I, yeah. I find it hard to believe, I mean, this is off topic, but I don't know, I find it hard to buy that she is in the same mental state or the same kind of viewpoint as Chuchi here, who is much less experienced yeah. than Pat than Padme would be even yeah. at the beginning of the yeah. moment. Salt Chuji, I think she's fighting for a lot of great things, and I, but I think that like, she's a great character. I hope she, we haven't seen the last of her. I really do too. Um, but but I think this arc is her is is and I love how cleverly this is crafted because never really overtly said, but you can see it where Rai was figuring out. Oh, 
this stuff is this goes way down we're investigating a as this episode says we're investigating a real goddamn conspiracy here this goes all the way yeah this is per i mean that you said it perfectly it's her welcome to the rebellion moment i wouldn't be surprised if down the line we see her involved in resisting and working against the empire more directly yeah um i'd be worried for her in that uh sense but you know Uh, yeah (laughs) um because uh that's another thing where we'll talk about this episode is how this network that rex is setting up that chuchi's become a part of and we'll see it later in this episode um this is something i was ta- uh, i was talking to friends of the show alden diaz um vodka radio about this rebellion this resistance is doomed to fail it's going to fail we know it is going to fail because Rex in Rebels has a sort of TLJ Luke arc where he's where he has to be convinced multiple times to join the fight. Yeah. Re, to rejoin the fight. So something so awful must have happened that he was so discouraged as complete contrast from where he is here, where he's doing what needs to be done, where he's, you know, fighting the good fights and all that kind of stuff. Disaster needs to strike between now and then. It does, and I, I think it will. If oh, not, oh, of course it will. I, 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 I have no doubt it will. Um, but I think that, like you know, I think that, um, you know, it's sometime. It's it's fifteen years between now and then. Um, we know this. It's fifteen years between now and then. Uh, Rebels season two is is three BBY, and this is eighteen. So yeah, it's fifteen years somewhere in there. I wouldn't be surprised if it's in the next few years. And I also think that's probably where we're going with uh, season three of The Bad Batch, honestly. No, oh, yeah, I wouldn't be. Um, I would be surprised at all. But, uh, yeah. Um, one of the things I love about this episode is the suspense. The suspense of this episode works so goddamn well with Slip constantly running oh, yeah. through Coruscant, being chased by, like, we never know exactly where clone x is it's fantastic i love that stuff um yeah i i i really it it, that that suspenseful aspect of it uh you know seeing like never really knowing where the assassin's gonna be when um freaking uh chuchi catches up with him and the guards and all that kind of stuff with her guards four guards that um fall in the effort it's it's so it's so fantastic and, and the it's so it's directed so well um yeah the whole political i love episodes that have a lot of you know political political intrigue and and yeah. backroom subterfuge you know things like that i think this episode does the political intrigue maybe better than almost anything i could think of yeah i i agree i completely agree it's so good the dialogue you do when you do an episode like this it really comes down to you know the a lot of times the dialogue and just the the writing and it really has to be well done and it really is it really is executed to perfection here it's so it's so crisp there's so many lines where i was like "Ooh, that is good yeah absolutely. that is really good like um yeah the whole the whole conversation between um chuchi and rampart. chuchi and uh i mean chuchi and rampart for one thing but then oh. chuchi and organa Oh, Organa's, you know, warning him about Rampart. Says, "Oh, well, Rampart knows how to say the right thing." You know, and then the whole, the whole, the whole dynamic as well. I thought was really fun of um, kind of uh, Rampart and Slip, 
you know, even though they're not directly in contact, you know, kind of competing for Chuchi's ear and for Chuchi to fall on their side and and yeah, and believe well, it, I mean, she's really teetering on that line for a moment there. I don't think she's teetering. I don't think she was ever seriously considering what Grandpa was saying. I mean, I mean, you look at the reaction of the way she says. I think it's closer than it come. It comes a little closer than you might think, personally. But I don't know. I'm, uh, I mean. This is definitely speaking of Rampart. This is an important episode for Rampart because, of course, it is. Obviously, we know like he he killed one of the clones. Like we know he's, we know he's up to no good now. Like we we know he's serious. But this is by far the and and ultimately he does end up fucking up and getting himself arrested and thrown under the bus in the next episode. But at least in the clone conspiracy, this is by far the most competent and poised and it's probably just the most precise delicate version of rampart we've seen oh absolutely and before this he's kind of just he's kind of just there he's kind of just there he's kind of just this you know he's kind of just there to be the you know it it could be any you know just any arrogant pompous imperial officer you know but it's him but here he really starts he shows why he's so hiring he's a schemer he's a conniver yeah he's cunning no he's wonder ruthless. why appointed him again yeah um, exactly uh but even if it's just to be a scapegoat yeah i mean here's the thing he's, no one's going to out scheme help <laughs> that's just not going to happen he's the mastermind um he's playing chess everyone else is playing checkers i i, I said at the end of my analysis here that um that, that the bad batch in the next episode just jumping ahead a little bit was playing 3D chess. It's very impressive. Yeah. It doesn't matter though, because Palpatine is playing 10D chess. Yeah. And no matter how good you are at 3D chess, you are never going to beat somebody who's who's playing 10D chess. Yeah. That's just not going to happen. Um, like they they did they had a real real fun plan there, but like just not good enough. Um true. Uh but I want to get this very apart in Chuchi's conversation. Um you expect the Empire to fund a military, a new military and full pension for millions of clone troopers. And I'm like, okay, counter question, Rampart. You don't? Yeah. You, yeah. you expect the clones who have just been fighting for you for the last three years, you're just going to let them go. That's what you're going to do. I mean, I know the answer to that question, but like, really? When we confront this in bare bones terms, you're really going to just throw away the army like garbage. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that's obviously Rampart has his agenda, and he's part of the cog. But yeah, I was really hoping Chuchi would say, "Well, if you can't afford, if we can't afford a pension for the clones, why don't we just keep using them?" Well, that's that's what yeah, that's kind of what she says. Yeah, a she bit. Says, yeah. She says, "If we can't afford a pension for the clones, then I don't reason. I don't see a reason why we have to spend that money on a new army." Um, yeah, <laughs> which is true, and there's. Um, I actually do like this idea, um, and um, what was I going to say? I, I do like this. Um, I do like the commentary on very much the military-industrial complex in this episode because there is like you know when you see, and I'm going to get political here, and whatever I'm, people are going to like, and or they're not going to. I don't yeah. care. Where you know you see often people on the right pushing in budgetary stuff more defense more defense more defense more defense yeah. more defense but then you see them quashing social services 
Yeah. And my constant question is, so we're spending all this money on defense, but we're not spending our money on people. So we're defending what exactly? We're spending our we're, we're defending our broken down state of a country where if you go to the hospital and you don't have adequate insurance, you know, you have to you you will get broke um immediately, even if you um even if they do fix whatever medical problem you have. Like, what exactly are we depending if we're, if we are, um, if, if we are constantly downsizing our social services program? And I, that's kind of what I see yeah. happening here. Yeah. They constantly go military, military, military. But, you know, we see with, with stuff like the Bad Batch and all, and all across the dark times there. Um, you know, I, I'm going to go back to Jedi Survivor and, and because, I think the core is not sequence in that game actually yeah. relates a lot there. Where when when Cal says to Sajin, um uh they spit your name out like a curse on you to pow. Yeah. Such a hard line. Some people, yeah, some people are benefiting from the Empire, but not most people. Yeah. Well, I think that's look, George Lucas. George Lucas was no fool. He knew what he was. You knew what he was doing with the political commentary, and I think that's. Wait, I, I think Star Wars. Star Wars can't be political. Oh, but yeah, my bad. No, Star Wars is totally a, totally and completely apolitical. Never been about politics. So wait, so wait, wait. There's definitely not a character literally named after Newt Gingrich or anything like that. Well, let's go to the second episode in this <laughs> one. The the character named after Halliburton. <laughs> that's so good Hollywood. i know I, I love when they yeah i love when they get a little bit i love when they get a little bit cheeky with the names with that's my favorite thing Jacob. like so wait are you saying that all this stuff makes star wars oh it can't be oh god it can't be oh the horror oh the horror oh no oh the horror but i think i think like i mean it's absolutely the fact that they're showing the empire like this you know and and the way that the empire is portrayed in you know another in another in another Filoni project in um in Rebels also in Andor wherever the Empire it's it's all much like many real world dictatorships oligarchies troubled democracies sadly we I can I think we're kind of a troubled democracy at this point let's hard, admit it hard agree. <laughs> Um, um, but not to put too fine a point on it, I think, and and it's that's Palpatine's mo. That's the Sith mo. He is the Sithari. You know, he is the chosen one of the Sith. He's the rule of one. Every Palpatine sees the entire galaxy as a monument to him. He just wants to rule over it. Of course, he doesn't care about it. Of course, the Empire, which he kind of molds and and shapes their ethos. Of course, they don't care about about you know what's what's actually happening to people all that matters is dominion it, that's where it ends all that matters is dominion so of course you're going to put all your money into into the military into these massive capital ships into the death star because yeah. it's all a reflection of your own power the power of of like who wields that power yeah absolutely so that's like palpit so like knowing like knowing palpatine as a character like I, I think goes without saying that this makes perfect sense and this portrayal is like totally on point and I love how it builds towards our understanding of the empire and our perception of the empire. Yeah. Um another thing I I want to um 
there's some more, more stuff about the um conversation between Chuchi and Rampart that I'm just interested in. Um, but the murmurs of rising threats and insurgency are more than rumors. We hear this constantly through this episode, and I love this. Rising threats, insurgencies, rebellions, terrorism. Yeah. Do we ever get any statistics about this stuff? Well, that's the rhetoric of that's the rhetoric of authoritarianism. No, it's no, the rhetoric of the right wing. They can just like, throw these buzzwords yeah. out and be fine. Almost, almost like what people do in the real world. Yeah. Again, we don't know if this shit's actually happening or not. Yeah. But because the, uh, as you say, the authoritative, the authoritative, the fact is still saying it. I guess that must that that's what must be happening. Yeah. I mean, Palp- Palpatine is a strong man. You know, he's a strong man. He's like any other political leader in this world who consolidates power by by coming coming to power <laughs> coming to power taking advantage of real suffer real political suffering real uncertainty and a real lack of of prosperity and hope and he says i can fix all this i can keep you safe well, just give me all the power yeah only i can only i can fix it i alone yeah. can fix it <laughs> make the galaxy great again um anyway uh what were you talking about <laughs> um i was gonna say totally about how star wars is totally and apolitical. completely apolitical yes, at any time um anytime yeah. there's a woman character it's totally an attack on our rights to never yeah, have to think have about anything people ever are, people already just click sidebar on but this one's this one's the internet's so deranged sometimes uh people are already uh hating uh you watch the outlaws trailer right I have not seen the Outlaws trailer okay. yet, actually. All you need to know is a couple things. Well, the the thing is, that you need to know is that the main character of Outlaws is it's a woman. And oh boy, I know there's a lot of people who are just yeah, they're gonna find they're gonna come up with something. They're gonna the, come up with something to be pissed the, about for that uh, one. The, apparently, the one right now is how can men relate to a woman main character of a video game. Which is maybe the I mean, we could, thing I've ever heard. We could ask the same question about, you know, the entire cast of the original trilogy, except for Lando being white and, and Leia Lady being the only yeah. like notable woman character. Or except like for it, maybe Mon Mothma. Yeah. Not even. Not, not even. even. And not even Baru. Baru's <laughs> dead within the first 30 minutes. No, don't even bring up, don't even talk about Baru. Oh man. Um, uh, here's my here's my here's my um here's my suggestion for people who are worried about that. Get a job, go outside. Say that's life, but you know, whatever. Um. Anyway, no, but 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 um. Yeah, no, but people thinking that that we can't relate to K Bess or something like that. Like men can't relate to K Bess. Go fuck yourself. Um. Well, I think this this idea that you can't relate. This I this I and 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 I and I'm not saying this to say that representation is not important and representation of people of different, you know, races, ethnicities, you know, sexualities, gender, ages, like everything, like representation is really important. And I understand that. And I'm not, I'm, I'm prefacing that, but I also think that this idea and, and, and it, it's being pushed a lot and it, it's being pushed a lot in different ways, maybe kind of more as a, an assumption that people make. But the assumption that you like can't relate or empathize to someone if they don't look like you is terrible. No, absolutely, I I agree with you. Yeah, I hate it. That's what that's what people that, that's what people of the underrepresented 
of a underrepresented populations have been doing to the the majority characters, to Luke Skywalker, to Anakin Skywalker, even to Rey sometimes. Yeah. What that's what they've been doing this entire time. Yeah, it's so, all, it, it, that's kind of the thing when I think about like the like the thing like this this whole like how can you relate to a female character which is like wow there's more to maybe there's more to life than like your gender wow who would have thought but like yeah that's a good point like for a long time like black fans asian fans fans who are or girls you know they didn't have a lot of people to relate to you know or not fans who pretty much aren't white men didn't have a ton to relate to for a long time so why i, I you know why why can't why do we expect that and when it's the other way around not saying they're yeah and, and uh, let, let me let me you, you know i'm sorry I've, I've made a hash of what i'm trying to say but it's no, like I, I get what you're saying we I can get... relate to we can and should relate to characters who don't look like us and 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 let's that's admit, what i'm trying to say and, and let's admit and i'm not using that as an it, argument against fair representation no absolutely not i understand what you're saying let's 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 be fair though we're almost certainly preaching to the choir right now we are definitely oh god um, we're definitely preaching yeah to the but choir right now. Uh, but this is important stuff and we want to talk about it hopefully someone appreciates us yeah. popping off um but right um but but yeah no um uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I think this is interesting. I was thinking about this um, uh, a little earlier. The idea of... Um, this popped into my mind when we were talking about Chuchi being a bit naive. And I think she is in a way, and I think she isn't in a way. Oh, no, I yeah, think it's... she's a great politician, but I don't think she's a great political theorist, if if that makes sense. Well, I just think she's fallen into the... She's fallen into the trap that a lot of senators have, that we kind of see, which is where they think, oh, we still have a lot of power and control yeah. over the Empire. And people like Bale and Mon Mothma and plenty of others, even even like people who are probably not pro-rebellion, people like Halle Bertone, like there's plenty of senators who kind of see what's actually happening. But there's also plenty of people who don't. And I don't necessarily think that that's any reflection. Yeah. Maybe that's a little bit of a reflection of her character. But all the set like most of the senators are buying what palpatine is saying that's the reason his scheme is working yeah you know? and i also think that the the that that a lot of people i think assumed when the empire formed that nothing would really change yeah and that i mean listen remember the line in andor what, what, or no it's not an is it an andor? what do you think no um it's in um in Mandalorian, empires, republics—I don't even bother to keep track these days. Oh, that something like that. The convert, yeah. Yeah, there's kind of this this yeah. assumption, much like much like in the real world, there's an assumption by a lot of you know powerful and wealthy people. I don't need to care. Yeah, they don't change. You know. Um, but I, uh, but I think that it, it's interesting in in Ryo's case because I think what she's realizing, and, and and this is a savvy political move, and I think this is like her first crack at the idea that oh shit. This is actually really fascist. Um, where, yeah. Where she where um, she asks Rampart how she sur how he survived the storm. Um, because supposedly he was there and he was and um, and I like like this like she didn't accuse him of lying. She was just poking around. She was trying to figure out his official yeah. story, what yeah. they were selling, yeah, to see if there was any way 
that she could believe them. I, I this is my thing about like I don't think she would believe them. Like I think she would she was just like to give the benefit of the doubt to them, which I don't think she needed to do, but you know, whatever. Let's see if there's any way. And then and then he gives that bullshit answer to to her. Um, and she was like, All right, no, this, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. There's also there's absolutely no way I'm believing this. The fact that Rampart says, if I was there, perhaps more could have been saved. That reminds me of a certain certain Mark Wahlberg his assertions about a certain 9-11. Oh, that's not what I was thinking. Um, I was thinking of I, I was thinking of a certain a certain celebrity and a certain um a certain TV star talking about school shootings and how if he were in the buildings, he could have you pow pow stopped all oh, of it. Oh yeah. Um he might have been our president too, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I think, yeah, no, Rampart's saying that is, like, I don't know. That's it's just really, it's just really, it's just really funny, too, because it just reminds me of, for those of you who don't know, it reminds me of, like, the meme of Mark Wahlberg being, like, if if I had been there at 9-11, it would have gone down differently if I was on that plane. Dear God. Just being like, okay, cool. What are we supposed to do with that? What? Like. Oh my god. Oh my god. But that's neither here nor yeah. there. No, I was thinking, what else for this episode? Um let's see. So um I think we gotta talk concluding this episode with our boy Clone X. Clone X. Now, if you listen to the Fox and Galaxy episode of we did of the review of season two, um you will no, no, no. This was not on Fox and Galaxy. This was on the Nerd Academy podcast. This was on Nights Nerd like when I was on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that I was expecting a very different reveal of clinics. I expected the, them to knock out the assassin, them to flip up the head, and to see this orange, shriveled up guy. Oh, Ochi. I mean, come on. It would have been the perfect opportunity to put Ochi a best dude in the bad match. That's your opinion. <laughs> Yes, but it's also correct opinion. Okay, what um, about, I, I don't know enough about Ochiya Bastoon to really comment on that, so I'm just going to let you have I your mean, I'm just going to let you have your hot take. I'm in a fantasy right now where Ochiya okay. Bastoon was the guy instead of Clonex. To be fair, Clonex is still a really good idea. I'm really curious about this guy. I'm really curious about what the Empire did to him exactly. I'm really curious about how they did to him. His, his number's gone, no identified markers his suit of armor is completely different than any clone armor we've ever seen who is this guy i i ask myself the same thing and there is a part of me and i'm not sure if this is a thread we were meant to connect or not and if it wasn't then i will totally fall on my sword on this one but there is a there's a part of me that thinks we know this guy Is it slick, maybe? So, like, he seemed kind of, I don't know, maybe similar demeanor? Mean, um, from mean, TCW, right? Mean clone? Yeah. yeah. Maybe, Here's I don't know. my dark theory. So, let's go back to the solitary clone. Okay. Cody went AWOL. And it's, I think it'd be pretty hard to stay missing from the Empire that long. 
What if they caught him? What if that was Cody? What if they brainwashed him? Oh my. What if Cody was caught? Oh my. <laughs> Again, could this be completely wrong? Yes. If we see Cody in the next season, I will com- I will say for myself, it is completely wrong. It is probably completely wrong. Yeah. But what if it's not? But we, what if, what what if we just something... opened, like, like, this was like four or five episodes ago, to have a clone with a loose end that we conveniently don't see for the rest of the season. So yeah. I'm not saying it's Cody. I'm saying that it wouldn't surprise me if it was Cody. I, I would be very surprised if it was Cody, but I mean, I'd also think it's death for Cody, but like what it, would have changed from all of a sudden be like, I'm a believer and easily working for, you know? Well, yeah, but the, the idea is that he's been brainwashed by the Empire. Okay, yeah. Um, I guess. I, I'm, not, I I'm guess. not saying that I think it's true. I'm saying it could have happened. Um, it would be interesting. I doubt they would. Yeah, I don't. I feel like yeah. they have something else in store for, for Cody. Yeah. Um, I would also just, um, I will also just say um, this a couple things. First of all, the warehouse sequence with Chuchi and Clone X and, and Rex at the end. Peak Star Wars suspense. Love it. No oh, notes yeah. about, no, no about that shit. Love it peak um you're right and i also love the fact um that um when they're examining clonex um rex is like i got a place i can use and then we pan down to trace and rafa's former stomping grounds i'm like i, I love that nod because it's something that if you know it- it's the famous iykyk if you know you know yeah it doesn't subtract from anything if you don't know but as this is for fans of star wars the clone wars if you know you'll you know. get it yeah um yeah, yeah. if you know um, you you will know you will definitely know um got anything else for this episode or do you want to go on to truth and consequences i don't want to i i think we should review the both these episodes because of the two-part nature i mean the they're end. pretty much one yeah we can yeah. we can go on to truth and consequences now. truth and consequences wow. uh, as, uh we have um this is uh as clone conspiracy was our devil's deal this is our rescue on Rala. Because this was setting up the scenario, and now we get to how the Bad Batch involves in it. Because of course, no member of the Bad Batch was involved in this in in the clone conspiracy. None of them appear. Um. So, but but of course, Rex is our window into this. Um. By the way, let's. I'm gonna just let's see. I seem to remember in a few episodes ago, somebody talking about. Omega flinching before she hit the ground with um, uh, yes, guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. That was me. Gunji taught me, but it doesn't work the way it does for for me, the, the way it does for him. But that doesn't mean anything. She's got she's got time. She 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 doesn't have she hasn't had instruction. She hasn't had instruction from a from a Jedi. So you need instruction from a Jedi to feel the Force. Is that what you're saying? I think that hypothetically, it is possible that if you don't know you're feeling the Force, how are you supposed to know what you're feeling? I'm shrugging and making a weird hand gesture right now, and Eli is looking at me like, dude, you're crazy. I'm just saying... I'm still not convinced. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm still not convinced. Hey, we can we can wish. 
We can wish. Although, yeah. Um, a, a guy can dream. Yeah. No, I understand. Just want the reveal of like. I, I just want that reveal at the end of like some episode or, or I don't know something where like something's about to crash into the Bad Batch and it pans over and it's like Omega like with her arms outstretched like straining with the force to like she's like the, I don't know I, I don't know I thought that would be cool um maybe that's just me it's probably just me <laughs> moving on moving on um I love the conversation we get uh, with Echo and Omega. Uh, obviously, it's foreshadowing for Echo leaving so we can care a bit more. Yeah. Um, can you believe this is the, the first time in now, this is what, how many episodes we into the season? The, we into the show, 24? I think this is the first time in 24, 25 episodes this is now. No, 24. This is 24. This is the first time in 24 episodes that we hear about Skako Minor. You know, the mission where Echo joined the Batch. Hey, Echo probably doesn't want to hear about Skako Minor. I know. Echo probably hates talking about Four episodes, two, one and a half seasons. You think. Maybe once. Before this, we would have heard, heard about, oh yeah, that time we went to Skako Minor. You know, the time where everybody knows us from. Anyway. Um, it, it's been about a year. No, it's been... Yeah, yeah, it's been about a year since that happened. Um, I'm glad he's opening up about it to um, Omega. I will say this is an interesting um, thing, and and we've uh, talked. I, I think we've talked about this uh, before um, off show, but um, we get this like. Do you realize how? Um, I don't know if you noticed how quickly it is that um, Hunter. And um, Hunter and uh, and the crew decide to take the mission, even though it's on freaking Coruscant. They've and got it, they've got cabin fever, and it reminds me of Cal in Survivor. It's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's just go to Coruscant. Um, I mean, which seems to me like it's one of those things where, like, you know. Um, it, it would seem Look, to me it, that in like the Im- imperial era at any period, going to Coruscant would be like going to Mustafar um, in, at the end of Rebels, where, where they all have to say, wait, we're really going to Mustafar? That's a death sentence. Yeah, I and it think... seems like Coruscant would need to be the same because it's the capital of the imperial, you know. You know, you'd think so, but it's such a huge place. Yeah, that. And, and so many things need to take place there that apparently not. Yeah. Um, and like Luzin just owns a shop there in Andor. Yeah. You know, he just owns a shop there. I want to talk about the fact, I, I don't know that they, and I, I love that this works because we don't know how much they've had content, but like the fact that Truchi just talks to Rampart with Omega standing beside her and Rampart doesn't recognize her. Yeah. Like, I mean, does does Rampart meet Omega in, on Camino ever? I don't know if don't, he does. I don't think he. I don't like, recall him doing so. But like, it's two characters that, at least for me, I think should have had contact by this point. Yeah, I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm not saying that this is a plot hole or something. I'm just like, there's no reason they like. There's no way they couldn't have met by met by now. And it's just like, it it was me like this. I don't think this was the point of the scene, but I do think it adds to the scene. Where I'm just looking over the entire time, like, do not look over. 
Do not look over. Do not pay attention to that girl. Do not pay attention. That that could ruin this entire day. Mm. Do not pay attention to that girl right there. Yeah. Do not. Um. I also just really love how how like people like Bale and people like Halle Bertoni, um, just kind of accept that Omega is along for the ride in this whole thing. Um, yeah. I also just like that that Omega. Um, of course, role models matter no matter the race, no matter the gender. But um, having like obviously that she has the batch as a bunch of uh, of role models for her, but it's also important to have good role models of your gender. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And, and I like that um that um the Chuchi serving as that for her. Um and I would argue that Fee also serves as that, but some people might disagree. Um but anyway, uh some people might call call her taking advantage taking advantage of Omega's innocence, but I don't know. I'm not saying not, anybody not here. The, I'm saying some uh, people. Uh, hey, hey, hey. Totally different situation. I see what you're doing there. Nice try. Totally different situation. I I I what would uh what would what would Rampart say? I will not what would Rampart say? I will not legitimize this baseless accusation with any more of my time. I think that's what I'm gonna pull a rampart and say that. Speaking of ramparts well, went well for him, right? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, no, he's 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 all good now. Yeah, totally went well for him. Um man, I mean also the um how about the scene with uh uh Ryo Chuchi trying to explain what a senator does to Omega and Omega kind of slow without even meaning to, she slowly just like she slowly just completely like tears down Rao Chuchi's like idea of democracy and a healthy functioning senate just she's like she's like but what does that actually mean and like, like oh. the clones presentation no <laughs> well yeah. I, again i think it's part of Rao Chuchi's rough well, it's part of arc yeah uh, she's like oh she, shit where she's like oh this place really doesn't have as much power as i think it does yeah uh oh um uh let's see um i love that we get get back to hallie bertoni um uh it's been probably around a decade since we've seen her yeah um uh i love all these tcw characters coming back me too um, here here it's it's real it's fantastic um uh uh i also love um of course uh, i want to mention this uh, due to the political thriller element of this arc, it's really nice to see um, uh, Bale. Um, I don't know if this was intentionally on the part of the writers, though I'm though I can't imagine it wasn't. Bale quotes another famous political thriller uh, when he says "Follow the money," which is a famous uh, quote from the, the great film. If uh, if our people have not seen it, they should. Uh, All the president's men, a uh, really great film about um, how the Watergate investigation mm, came out. Yeah. Um, how journalists figured out how, um, with with the help from an FBI informant, how uh, Richard Nixon had uh, broken into Watergate to um, to uh, steal info on the Democratic National Committee's doings. It's yeah. good um, advice. And, and how, Follow the money. Yeah. 
and how they figured it out. And there, there was a famous quote from that movie. Um, yeah. Um, I also just like, of course, we say this, we hear this um, and uh, from Bertoni, and I think this is maybe the best thing she says all this, this entire episode. Rampart is a mere cog in the machine. And she tries to warn them, and I she like knows, this work yeah. battling, that it goes way higher than Rampart, and that Rampart is really not as much to do with this as they think he is. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, and then you have, yeah, I mean, the big the big twist at the end. Are we ready to talk about the big twist? I was gonna, well, we haven't gone to like the side mission, which is them stealing the data. Which okay. I love that. I love that just like Rogue One, this basically this arc basically comes down to a space aircraft. Yeah. Um uh, uh I also I also just wanted to um uh mention the whole like parallels. Actually I was gonna say with the convert of like hijacking rebuilt slash decommissioned Imperial ships, just like um in the convert when Kane and Pershing are trying to get through that old imperial yeah. stars for it, it's a great like and, and with um I, i'd also say with cal on Braca and with the batch on Braca, um both those times is i love like the that trope because it, it's like the the old era is ending and the new era is beginning um yes love that kind of stuff um totally as a really great visual symbolizer of that stuff um uh yeah here we go I wrote that in this entire this entire speech because I I just it's, it's, let, let us hear it. Let us I hear it. I am deeply troubled by this recent revelation. My gratitude to Senator Chuchi for exposing a rogue element within our ranks. Many lives have been lost, but I assure you, Admiral Rampart will face the consequences for his treachery. However, he did not act alone. The fact that the clones under his command so blindly followed orders, inflicting such carnage without hesitation, gives me pause. Perhaps it is time for a change. No more than ever, building a strong galaxy requires protection and security. To the nefarious actions of Admiral Rampart and the immediacy of the bill on the floor today, it is my opinion that this legislation is our future. With this momentous act, we shall usher in a new era heralded by the Imperial Stormtrooper. Anakin Stark Deeds plays. Dun, da, 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 da. And because, of course, they get the evidence to the Senate, and then Palpatine. I love that he does. This is I, what he does. He, he golf claps. He he clops. He kind of does a little golf clap for them. It's like good job, guys. Now watch a real. Now watch a real mastermind work. Um, what he does, and I I remember I I, I um. I um. This is I think one of the only episodes of the show that I did this for, where I just sat there after watching this episode, and I remember this, this was a few months ago. I sat there after the watching this episode, and I'm like, wow. They did that with the Palpatine speech. That Palpatine speech was so incredibly, like, 
I got to just gush about that speech because that is my favorite part of either of these two episodes, even though um, Punk Conspiracy is my overall favorite. This speech is my favorite part of either of these episodes because it matches a TCWS twist and just generally what we know of Palpatine's characters so goddamn well. Oh, yeah. He had this under control for the entire time. Uh, like, the idea that, like, I think that, um, I, I think that there, there was there was an interpretation at the end of the episode that he was trying to make Rampart take the fall for this. But I don't think he was trying to take to make Rampart take the fall for this. I think this was just many of his well-executed backup plans. Yeah, I, I, I was saying the same thing. Like, what the clones, the clones kind of say, like, oh my god, Palpatine, like, we're responsible. Palpatine knew all along. No, if they hadn't, if that information hadn't come to light, then the bill would have just been passed and yeah. nothing would have happened. Yeah, I don't this think, is just a bad, yeah, like you said. Palpatine's many backup plans. This was just him. He had a backup plan. He yeah. thought on his feet, whatever it was, he was able to take the sudden thorn in his side and still twist it to his advantage. Yeah. Which, in my opinion, maybe he... maybe even more impressive because yeah. it's it's actually believable. Yeah. But the, believe... the, the, the idea that Palpatine, like, planned out that the Bad Batch would, like, do what they did in order to find the, the log, it's, like, yeah, to me think, that... I don't think he yeah. planned that. I think they were saying that he, he, he was worried that some of the information might get yeah. out. Yeah, okay, fair. But, yeah, that's but, fair. Um, in some way... Um, but uh, no, either way, he was that, like eight steps ahead of them. That, yeah, that no, much I, is true. Yeah, I don't think I don't think this was a I don't think this was a thing. I think that Palpatine, again, as we said, this is I think one of his many backup plans. Yeah. I think that um, here's the thing, and and as we talked about with the whole idea, and, and my I this has become my version of the Jedi lost their way. I feel like of me saying that the Imperial view is to view everyone as an asset. Yeah. Um. Palpatine didn't want to give up an asset. It's not yeah. that he cared about Rampart. It's just that, it's that, you know, he's playing it, and you don't want to give up one of your chess pieces because that's an advantage for your side. But if he had to, he was more than willing to do it. And I think that's what the situation was. I think what that's what the situation was. He didn't want to have to give up Rampart, but he was perfectly fine doing it. Yeah. Um, and I love the, the revelation... Um, and I, and I don't know if Rampart realizes this, but I really hope he did, that he is being treated by Palpatine just like how he was treated in Clones. Yeah. Because he is the same oh, with yeah. Palpatine. I'm sure, he'll realize. I'm sure he'll realize that. Just like Dooku and yeah. he, he was an asset all along. It's the beautiful yeah. tragic irony. And we got our first main villain of this show out of the picture. He's gone now. Yeah. Um, we will not uh, we will not see Hemlock or is Hemlock, who is going to be the yeah. next major villain of the show, show up for, I think, I don't think he's going to show up next episode. I think it'll be, it'll be like a couple of, it. I thought it was at least a couple. Maybe I, I mean, couple. the episode of this show. Like, I don't oh, think next oh, episode. Oh, we'll yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I think he's three episodes ahead, and I think we're doing the next two. Um, I, I, I think he shows up in Metamorphosis, which is, um, which is the next episode um, uh, we're doing um but um yeah um and then and then echo goes and then echo leaves man sad moment it it hurt it hurt when i saw that um 
I, I, I remember thinking to myself when I watched that episode, like, wow, Rex, Echo really cannot find a place anywhere because he leaves Rex for the batch. At the he end goes of, back. And, at, at the end of TCW. Then here he leaves the batch for Rex. And then later he's going to leave Rex for the batch again. I'm like, dude cannot keep his, his, his head down in one place, man. He's a social, he's just a social butterfly. He's a social he's butterfly. A real, um, but no, on a more somber note, like he really is kind of like, that was an emotional moment where you kind of realize, like, he doesn't even fully fit in with the Bad Batch. You know, his, I don't think not that he doesn't fit in, but like his goals and ideals are still different from the rest of the Batch, or at least from from Hunters, who's kind of the leader, the de facto leader. Yeah. And as and I mean, I was, you know, Omega obviously no makes a big fuss. You know, I mean. I don't know. Does she go too far? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe she's you know you 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 could understand. She could understand. Yeah, but and I of mean, course we'll talk about the ramifications. This is who she is. We'll we'll talk about the ramifications um of Echo's leaving with the crossing when we get to that. Um, but this is a huge moment in the show, even though it's temporary. Again, we compare this to Sabine, very similar to Sabine. That for a little while, one of the members of the crew has to pursue their own path to get some clearance on what they really want to be doing. Yeah. Echo with the clones, Sabine with the Empire. Um, do you have anything else for either of these two episodes? Um, no. These are just... These are just two of the most fantastic... Definitely my two favorite Bad Batch episodes right now. Even better... Even better the second time around. Absolutely. Just um, the ideas, the the execution, the dialogue, the voice acting, the music, everything was absolutely on point in these episodes. And it was, these are a real treat. These are a real, real treat. I don't treat these episodes for granted. Yeah. These, these freaking rule. I want to shout out Ezra Nachman and Damani Johnson, who were the writers of these two episodes, and Nathaniel Villanueva and Stuart Lee. Who were the directors of this episode? These episodes because they produced magic. Oh yeah. That uh, I think it deserves to be among the animation epics like the Siege of Mandalore, Mortis, Twilight Princess, Ooh, wow. Zero Hour, Breakout, The Sith Lord. I think this deserves. I think it's, the, it's some of the best politics Star Wars has ever done. Um, in terms of political stuff, I think it's up there with stuff done in TCW, in Andor, in Resistance, in TLJ. Yeah. Um, I I think well, it's nice because it's kind of subtle. It doesn't hit you over the head with it. With the politics, yeah. I guess in a way, but like I was gonna say, I feel like it, it hits you over the head pretty hard with it. I feel like it doesn't. I don't know. I I I think it kind of. I thought you were being sarcastic for a second. No, no, I I was not. Okay, I was not being sarcastic. I mean, it's yeah. obviously there. Yeah. Obviously, this is all about politics. Yeah. But I, I think that it's it's, it's about... just. But there's about other things too. These are very impeccably balanced episodes. That's yeah. what it feels like, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. These feel well balanced in every sense of the word. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think that that you know, there's there's so much. It, I I said in my notes, everything in these two episodes just clicked, and I really do believe that. Um, it just clicked with each other. Um, this feels like an eventful. This feels like a mid-season episode. This feels impactful for the fate of the galaxy. We just saw the rise of the stormtrooper. 
I thought we were going to see them in season two, but we didn't. And I think that's because they still need a while to like actually make the suits of armor and everything. Yeah. Um, but uh but it's it's really what was I gonna say? It's 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 really this feels galactically important as an episode. This feels important to the story of Star Wars as an episode, just thematically. Um, these episodes feel important, and I couldn't love them enough. Uh, when we get to the end of the season, we'll be ranking all of our episodes of of, um, of the Bad Batch season two. I can already spoil this for you. Truth and Consequences number two, Clone Conspiracy number one. Only reason Clone Conspiracy number one is is number one because I is because I like it's a bit like noir mystery kind of type of yeah. tone to it. Um, that Truth and Consequences kind of abandons. Um, and it doesn't. It no. doesn't. Uh, and there are yeah. benefits and consequences to that, and I'll, I will, and, I'll, and I'm not going to debate that. But um, the vibe that Clone Conspiracy has is just so special yeah. to me. Um, also, this is not necessarily. I just want to point out this is not necessarily massively to Truth and Consequences detriment yeah. because it does this really well. But this is not the first time Palpatine has pulled the exact move. In two, I think multiple times in the Clone Wars, I think I feel like at least once, honestly, at least once though, like he pulls that exact move where like they bring some evidence to light or they think they're you know the good guys get a big win, the good senators get a big win, and then Palpatine immediately just like flips it around and does what he was gonna do anyway. I guess the the reason why it's so interesting to me this time is because Palpatine doesn't have to hide anymore. Yeah. He's not pretending to be the kindly old man chancellor. Like, I think people still think he's a good man, but he is full-on yeah. robed in McDermott rumbling voice. And by the yeah. way, shout out to that man who can sell yeah. anything, but makes this sound sexy. Also, yeah, but I guess that leads me to one final question. How the hell are these senators so so bought into bought into Palpatine's mission when he wears a black cloak and literally sounds i mean he like he sounds evil like i mean yes but come like on. But, but you know there's that there you know i i would point you to the line from sith the attempt on my life that's true yeah it's left me scarred and deformed but i assure you my resolve has never been stronger i guess he wasn't really lying about that <laughs> yeah wasn't... so he's basically saying right there I look disgusting. I know that, but I'm still the same guy. Yeah, <laughs> and honestly, he's not wrong. He's yeah. still the same guy. The mask has just come off. Yeah, he's just—he's he, still the same, absolutely shitty, root of all evil guy. Um, but I think that's going to be it for this episode of Star Wars in the Galaxy. Um, thank you so much for listening. Next week, next week we are going to actually um. In contrast to what I was saying earlier, we're actually going to be taking a little break. We're going to be doing a special episode. I think Jake and I both decided it's going to be Star Wars Opinions 4. Um, we're continuing with that series. Um, and then um, uh, we, we are actually, I will also say that we are go- unfortunately going to be uh, doing that over Zoom. Uh, so the in-person sessions are going to have to end for now, unfortunately. They will be back. They will be back, though. Um, and... After that episode, after Opinions 4, Star Wars and the Galaxy will be going on a one-week break um, because I'm going to be away. Um, but we'll be returning on that week, and then I think um, the next week we'll have an episode, but I believe the week after that we won't because of another in a Galaxy event that I haven't yet announced yet, but it will be very fun. Um, in the meantime, though, you can um, 
Follow us on Twitter at NaGalaxyPod. Instagram at Star Wars The Galaxy. You can listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. We will be there if we're not. Uh, email us at SWNagalaxy at gmail.com. Uh, watch our trivia show um, at Inagalaxy Trivia on Twitter and on our YouTube channel. Follow me on Twitter at Uchifan327. Um, and in the meantime, may the force be with you. Always. Always. <laughs>